Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva. Today is Thursday, July 15th, and if you're living in the Central Valley of California, you're a bit relieved because it's not as hot as it was this past weekend, or at least that's what I've heard. Now, this past weekend, I wasn't uh, in town where I live. I was in the uh, the West Coast area, the Los Angeles, Burbank area, on vacation with the family, going to Dodger games, eating a lot of food, having fun, avoiding the heat wave. But what I've been told and what I've heard and what I checked on the, you know, the good old weather app is that it was about 111, 113, and I just couldn't believe myself and how I avoided that. I mean, thank the, thank the heavens that I did because, I mean... Any weather above 80 for me is hot, but once you get to like the 113, the 110, the 110s, that region is just like unbearably hot that no human is allowed to live outside, you know, it shouldn't, not allowed, but no human is like pretty much capable of living outside like that. Like imagine like we didn't advance in technology, right, and we were just living in huts and all that, and it reaches 113 degrees. I mean... I, I got to be honest with you. I'm sh- pretty sure if we were living in those primal stages, people would have killed over. Like a lot of people would have killed over. Um, thank God that we don't live in those days and that we don't have to experience that because we have the power of air conditioning. Yes, and I I, I mentioned this earlier. I was gone. I went to Los Angeles for a few days, like maybe four Friday through Monday. Um it was nice. We started off going to Universal Studios again. My father never been, and we were just like, you know what? Let's just go there. I mean, I've already got a, a season pass. It's a silver version, not the gold, so it's not as expensive. You don't feel as guilty. You don't get as many perks, but it's still it's still worth it, in my opinion. Uh, we went on all the rides. It was at a full capacity park, so it did. Some of the lines were a bit longer than they were when I went when it was like a thirty five percent capacity. But all in all, very, very fun day. I mean, you see a lot of people right now are just having fun now. Um, you know, with theme parks are just open up, opening up and all that. It's just, it's a lot of fun. And experiencing experiencing that with my father, like never being there. I mean, I haven't been to an amusement park with my father in about two years. The last one we went to was Knott's Berry Farm, which was, was a very different park than Universal. But I just remember, like, he was just in absolute awe when he were, we were on the studio tour and, like, how they filmed movies in, like, certain areas and certain sets being reused since the 1930s. It was just, it was, he was, like, he was, like, you know, just astonished of how it all, you know, movies are made. It's almost like taking a little kid to a museum and seeing, like, how, like, you know, the past was. His curiosity bubble was just shattered and popped, and it was just, it was fun to see course everybody else had fun we all had fun but we've been there a few times now and like you can kind of tell that the universal studios tour you know especially like the the fast and the furious uh little uh 3d screen um uh show that they have at the very end of the tour i mean like you see that more than like two times and you're already one time and you're like i don't gotta see it again and ever again the king kong one is okay because it's king kong and it's pretty cool but the fast and furious one is just for me at least in my opinion is like I mean, how much more do we got to see about Dom preaching about family? I mean, if you haven't already like been like on the internet or whatever, like you know that the internet memes right now are about Vin Diesel's Dominic Toretto and family. Who can stop Thanos? Fucking Dom Toretto and family. I mean, it's absolutely insane. It's crazy. I mean, but the thing is, like, my friend group and I, we've been talking about like the family meme 
even before it got popular, like years ago, like I think back when Fast and the Furious 7 or Fast and Furious 8 was coming out, we were talking about that then, on how it's so ridiculous, but also so funny. It's such like a big part of those that, that movie franchise is always like the family. I mean, they even have it now in the taglines and the trailers and like who's going to stop this family? Fucking nobody can because you know what? They're family. And they even have like the thing like in this newest one, which I haven't seen yet, to be honest with you. I'm, I've disappointed myself many times and I'm sure the viewers and listeners as well, but I haven't seen it. But I'm pretty sure the family in the ninth movie has got to go even through the roof even more nowadays because you got fucking, you know, the, the plot of the movie is Dominic Toretto versus John Cena, who plays his brother. I don't know his name yet, but um, I'm sure it's going to be like another family ordeal type of thing. And even though that it is a meme and it is funny to like, you know, talk about and like just joke around about family. I mean, that is like one of the bigger selling points of those movies is like they are technically, well, not technically, but they are sort of a family in a way. And the reason that people go see those movies is because like, yeah, I mean, everybody's got a family pretty much, right? I mean, obviously some people are unfortunate than others, but like the majority of the people that watch those movies or see those movies go with their families, so it's a very smart marketing to, to like kind of like market the family bonding, the the connection, the family traditional. They're always like, you know, having fun together. They do their mission. They're they're in life threatening in, uh, situations. And then they what do they do now? They have a barbecue and they're fucking sipping on Corona's. I mean, like that is such a, a, a fun thing to do. It's so, you know, everybody, you know, again, a lot of people have families. They hang out with their families, and they just have fun, and I can see why now, you know, you think about it, the whole family marketing deal meme thing has now benefited their success, I mean, it's just like, I I mean, why do you watch Star Wars, you know, it's a, it's a classic battle between father and son, the family thing, it's just like, it's a ever-occurring, you know, type of thing in film and TV, like, why does everything got to, like, revolve around a family, well, because it's more relatable, I think, I mean, even Game of Thrones, you know, everybody's got their opinion on Game of Thrones, but like the majority of that is about the 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 Stark family, the Lannisters, the uh, you know, it's all family oriented, and it's all centered around family. So it's like everybody and like people who complain about why does everybody got to be related? Why does everybody got to have a, a tie-in? Well, it's because the family drama sells big time, sells a lot. Even if you've got, like, in Game of Thrones, fucking incest happening in, in, in multiple episodes, people still watch it. They will watch family things, obscene things, weird things. I mean, Game of Thrones itself alone has some of the most bizarre stuff I've seen on television, which which kind of, like, tells you of, like, my my knowledge and my, my you know, my, I, I don't know, my, my spectrum of the, my television viewing is not that big of it, is not that big. I'm sure there are more television shows that I've not seen that I have, uh, that go even deeper than that, or, or crazier, or more, you know, push the boundaries even more than, than Game of Thrones. I mean, th- they've got to. I mean, I would only, only assume, like, I'm sure, like, Netflix or some other, other streaming service has got a show that's, like, you know, bizarre about that. I mean, like, I've heard, like, The, the Crown is pretty cool. Because that's all about the royal family. Again, family business. Um, all that. It's just, it's so marketable. It's so relatable. And that's why people watch it. You know, not many people are going to watch like these, I don't know, like, um, what was a Marvel movie that just came out? Black Widow is about Black Widow's family. You know, her sister, her brother, her mother are all in it. 
I think it's her mother and brother. I don't know. I could be wrong. But but it's it is her family, her family members. And I haven't seen it yet personally, and um, but I would see it. I don't know if I would see it in theaters right now, just because I kind of don't want to. But I'll maybe wait for Disney Plus. But I'll, I'll check it out. But it's it does you know market that and feel like more of a family event type of thing. A Quiet Place too is 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 family oriented too. That one and two are family oriented. So it's like we joke about the family being a meme and all that, but when we talk about family. And the meaning behind it, and that uh, the the theme of those movies and other movies and other franchises and other television shows as well, that is really the key of to making I believe like a very commercial type of media that people will want to watch. It's weird because I never thought of it that that way. You always never like I never approached the movies. Like, who's related to who? I just kind of like, you know, the plot. But there's always that kind of, like, family undertone type of thing. Like, oh, this is your brother, your father, your mother, your sister, whatever that be. But it's just like, yeah, we can all kind of relate to those movies and medias because of, yeah, family. So, at the end of the day, we can make fun of the family meme the entire the entire time. But at the end of the day, we also are attracted to that type of uh, media and consume that kind of entertainment. So, I mean... Kudos again to Fast and Furious for capitalizing on that whole family thing and also kind of making, you know, you know, you having fun with it about the only thing that can stop Thanos or anybody, any meme that you've seen. How do we stop coronavirus? How do we stop this? How do we stop uh, a nuclear fallout? Family. Vin Diesel's Dominic Toretto saying family. <laughs> it, it is funny, but it is also, you know, very uh, likable watchable i got from that because of the damn tour at universal studios because they got to update that because you know as much as i like those movies it it is kind of outdated it does it, it is very cheesy and that's how you end the tour but it is you know it's it's one of universal's biggest bigger if not the their biggest ip so i i understand why they put that in there but yeah universal was fun a lot of fun there. And then we got to the game, which was on Saturday, where the, where the Dodgers tied the home record for the most runs scored at Dodger Stadium, I believe, which, which was 22. We won the game 22-1, to and that was so much fun. It was a night game, nice and cool, because you never want to go to a day game like in L.A., even if it's going to be 81 degrees, right? You still got that sun beating on you. You still got to wear shades. It's bright out. It's It's, you know, cramped. You can be cramped in some situations. It's it the sun again. The sun you got to wear sunscreen. You know you just got to be protected. And even sunscreen nowadays, like you know, it, it, to me, I I I love you know the benefits of sunscreen and the protection of sunscreen, but the stickiness of sunscreen and just having to lather up and make sure you get every corner of your face, your ears, your nose, your arms, your neck. You got to be careful. But it's like. It's protecting me, but it's also super sticky, which I kind of get annoyed with it, especially if you're going to be out in the sun and you're going to be sweating. It's not a good mixture, but you got to do what you got to do. Anyway, like, the thing is, like, there you got to, it's a big gamble when you go to a stadium nowadays, when you are going to be around pretty close to other people. Like, I'm talking really close. Like, you think if you go to, like, out to eat at, like, a, a restaurant or a diner or even fast food, 
you're still not all that close to people, right? Like maybe like the person behind you, but usually there, there's like an aisle of people that tables can be separated pretty well to be comfortable, right? But at a stadium, that's not really the case. You got to be packed in to see all the action on the baseball field. And the, one of the worst things that, that could happen at a baseball game is that you get some really annoying, what I call uh, sports neighbors, for that time being, whether they're beside you, behind you, in front of you, well, this situation happened where this this guy and his wife, girlfriend, I'm not even sure, uh, somebody's related to, they were talking about their, you know, their history of their existence, uh, basically basically their entire life of, oh, I, I, when I was a boy, I moved here from Missouri, and uh, you know, I fell in love with the Dodgers, and I've been going here ever since. Well, that's really cool. I had a, I had my my newborn was born like a, maybe a week ago, and we went to a game. And my father said, "You're a terrible mother," but you know he's fine today. You know some stupid crap that you would hear like in 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 a family gathering, right? But it's right behind me, behind me and my father. And my, my dad's like, "These guys gotta shut up because they're so fucking annoying." And they were like, this guy had like a like a. He had a very good voice, like he could have been on the radio, but he could not turn that off. You know, every th- everything he said, the, was just pronounced and articulated perfectly, but it was just like, dude, I'm trying to watch the game. What are you doing? This is annoying. Please, I don't want to hear about your goddamn life story. Whether it be interesting or not, I, I just don't want to hear about it right now. Let me watch the game. It's called viewer or, or uh, I guess viewer etiquette you know you gotta be you're around other people pretty close very close enough to they where they can smell your breath please just for three hours I that might be a while for a baseball game I know that but just for three hours please just don't be just be be aware that there's other people around you trying to watch a baseball game. They paid tickets They with their hard-earned money to get these tickets to drive to the stadium to get a parking uh, spot because you got to pay for that now and to just put up with concession stands and the snack bar prices and lines and the bathroom lines and everything that they, that they do to watch a baseball game with their family in peace. Please. You can talk as long as, as much as you want, but just use your visitor... Um, sports etiquette uh, as a spectator please i beg of you because i always find myself in a situation where i feel almost you know disgusting that i'm talking too loud at a game that's why i don't really also like drink that much alcohol at a baseball game because i know what happens when i drink a lot of alcohol i get very talkative i get very loud and i do not want to be that person you know, causing a ruckus, getting kicked out, yelling at things that I shouldn't be yelling at. It's just something that I, I've, I've re- restrained for me pretty well. I mean, like, again, I don't really drink at ball games. I had a couple beers this time, but I, again, it wasn't supposed, it wasn't out of, like, I, I need to get wild. You know, I want to be impolite. No, it's just I was relaxing. It was a night game. It went for a little while. It was a little, a little bit longer than usual. Again, we scored 22 runs, so it was a bit longer. But it was still, I was just like, I know what I have to do to have visitor etiquette. I got to be more polite than ever because I'm so close to people. I'm so close. I'm so, you know, whether it be in front of me, back of me, this, to the side, whatever. I'm just so close to people that I don't want to cause any um, drama 
distractions, whatever, you know, I just, I have that, I've always had that in me, and a lot of people would say, like, my brother would be like, oh, I'm surprised you you wouldn't go, you know, all out on these games, you know, you're a big Dodgers fan, you enjoy drinking beer, but it's like, I, I have that restraint on me to not do that, because I've seen that happen with people, they have a little bit too much to drink, and they get wild and crazy, get tossed, get into fights, and it's just like, I do not want to be that right there, I just don't. And I will avoid that all at all at all cost. Like I, I don't want to be a part of that. And I, I've seen it happen, whether it be on TV or in person. I don't want to be that. And I've kind of done a good job about that. I think I've never outlashed and never really yell. I do cheer a lot, but it's not like I'm like you know trying to make myself stand out and be the center of attention. No, I don't want that. I find that very that to be very awkward and not in the position that I want to be in. So, I mean, like, with that being said, you know, that being that close at the games, when you're at a restaurant, though, like we went to this restaurant, it was called Another Broken Egg in Burbank, right? Pretty spaced out, good, but good restaurant, delicious food, by the way. However, I do have one gripe about this. Now, my sister went to Burbank, like, maybe two years ago for a music festival, and they stayed at, at, at the same hotel that we stayed at, but by, like, down the street is this place that I already said, another Broken Egg Cafe, and she claimed to me, she said, she preached that it has the best pancakes that she's ever had, ever had, and I took that, you know, I remembered that the entire time we were there, before we went there, and even at the restaurant, like, okay, I'm not going to order a pancake, but if you have one, I will taste it, and I will see if it's the best pancake that you've ever you've ever had. Now, when I got there, I got I got some pretty simple, basic food. I got an omelet. You had some meat in it, some mushrooms, a little, little bit of peppers, and a, a biscuit as a side, and then I also got grits. I've never had grits in my life before. You know, I'm from California. We don't really eat that, you know, a whole lot here. It's not usually on a lot of menus at breakfast places, diners, whatever. Usually we get like hash browns or whatever, or that's usually what's on the menu. But I've never had grits, so I tried them. Didn't like them. Did not like them. Um, I'm also not an oatmeal guy. The texture, the softness, and the you know, of oatmeal, just like the taste of it, either is just kind of boring to me. So I kind of felt the same way about grits. I was like, I was, I don't know what I thought, but I thought it would be more like a chowder type of food. I have no idea why I thought that, but I've seen pictures of them. I'm like, it looks like clam chowder in a way, but it's not. It's like a grainy rice cornmeal type of dish. And I was just like, this ain't for me, bro. I mean, just like oatmeal, this ain't for me. And if you've heard me on previous podcasts saying like how much I love basic food, like a hot dog, a bologna sandwich, uh, a grilled cheese, you know, oatmeal grits or could, could be like one of the more basic foods out there. But I'm just not a fan of them. I'm just not. I don't know what it is. Like my family loves oatmeal. They love it. They make a big pot sometimes. They devour it like within a day. It's like, how, how do I, I'm just, I, I, I'm not a fan of it. I'm just not. So the grits experience for me was just kind of a letdown because it's kind of just like, it tastes like, it honestly just tastes like rice. You know, but it's like, I don't want rice for breakfast. I mean, also, like, give give me some flavor. Like, I'm just getting the flavor of that rice. That was, I didn't taste any salt. I mean, it could have used, like, maybe some sugar. I mean, like, may, maybe if you wanted to. I've also heard of, like, cheesy grits, which are, uh, like, like th- those would be pretty good. What are, what are those? Are those any different? Like, those got to be better with cheese, right? Anyway, so back to the, the, the pancake. She gets a pancake, right? So does my brother. I try his because my brother's pancake is a basic buttermilk pancake. 
Hers has fruit on it, some whipped cream. I'm like, I'm not going to judge that because for one, I don't like too much fluff on my pancake. I'm just good with maple butter and some syrup. That's all I need. That's all I need, and and I'm good. So I try his, and I'm like, I'm chewing. I notice that for the. I notice at first that it's kind of flat. Like it's not like a crepe flat or a, a Swedish pl- pancake, but it's kind of like thin. So I'm looking at it like I don't know about this, and I don't know about you guys, but I'm a I'm a fluffy pancake guy. Like I like the fluffiness of the pancake. Because it feels like I'm just eating more, and it's more of a treat. You know, pancakes are more of like a treat. Eggs, not so much. Bacon, eh, kind of. Potatoes, not a treat, but a pancake is like a dessert item of the breakfast item or breakfast menu. So whenever I get a pancake, it's like, well, it's got to be cakey. It's got to be thick. Can't be too thin. Can't be too uh, too flat. Or it's like a crepe or whatever. So I'm eating this pancake, this piece of pancake. And my brother's saying the same thing. It's the best I've ever had. So is my father. The best I've ever had. I guess that we just have different tastes in pancakes. Because it just wasn't fluffy enough. Yeah, the flavor was pretty good. But it's like, I I need kind of a little bit more fluff to it. Like, it's just too flat. It's too thin. I don't enjoy this. I I wanted a more... You know, fluffy type, battery, doughy, not doughy, but like sweeter pancake, but I just didn't get that. So I'm thinking like, okay, well, I just got to be like the worst <laughs> food critic out there. Like, is it my fault? I, I I, mean, I have no idea. But it's like, you know, you got to keep those expectations low. I mean, with me, I, I figure like, you know, I'm a big food critic. I mean, I got a lot of opinions on food and all that. But I just got to, like, I mean, she said to me, the best pancake she's ever had. But I'm thinking, like, the pancakes that you make uh, are pretty fluffy. So I'm like, I'm sure, like, they, they got to be, like, you know, fluffy for you to like, right? Otherwise, why would you even, like, think that it's that good? Or why would you even make fluffy pancakes? So I was a bit disappointed in that. I was a bit let down. I was like, this is definitely not the best pancake I've, I've ever had. Um, there was a place where we used to go when I was in college... Me and my buddy, he would give me some free food, <laughs> and other people too, not just me. But we had his his uh, I believe it was his godmother that made that ran the shop. It's no longer in business, sadly, but um, she made these big thick pancakes, and they were gigantic too. But they were so buttery and and and, sh- and syrupy. You put the syrup on them, but they were so fluffy too. They had such a great taste, and I loved them so much. I could never finish them, by the way, but it was so delicious because. They just had all the things that you would want in a pancake, like soft, um, buttery, a lot of syrup, fluffy, and like, oh, this is a pancake, baby. This is a pancake. Because you got to remember, it's not a pie. The crust isn't super thin, and the filling is not is not like a fruity filling. It's a cake. It's got to be cakey, thick. It, it's got to be, you know, airy, too. It's got to be, it's not so chewy. This this pancake that I had that was claimed the best pancake they've ever had was kind of chewy. And I was like, I don't really like it. And maybe because it, it was kind of cold when I had it. Like it could have been warmer when I had it, but it, I don't know. I just didn't feel like it was like even close to the best pancake, pancake that I've ever had. I mean, I was a bit disappointed, I got to say. You know, besides that... uh eating all that food and like just being like fed like a king this weekend by the way was not good for your boy's stomach or or, or digestive tract let me tell you this it, it, it was it was bad it was very bad I, I'll, I'll give you like what i ate 
during that long weekend. So we went on Friday. We get there. We go to the game. Um, no, Universal, sorry. We, uh, we eat food at Universal. You know, pizza, pretty starchy, pretty thick. You know, big big slices. Uh, second day, or that, that night we eat Mexican food, which was pretty good. The next day we get that, uh, another Broken Egg Cafe. You know, a lot of food, starchy, a lot of food, thick. Uh, we go to the game, hot dogs, you know, uh, beer, uh, n- another hot dog. And then wake up the next day, we went to a day game. So I didn't. Eat, uh, we had breakfast at the hotel, which was also like eggs and sausage and all that. Pretty thick breakfast, and then we go to the game, eat more hot dogs, and then that same night, um, we um uh, we went to BJ's and I had a chicken sandwich. And at that point, you know, after eating all that food, but by the way, I'm not like regular at this point, so I'm like kind of constipated because of all the damn just thick foods that I'm eating. I mean, I'm having a miserable time now. Like, I'm eating so much food that I regularly don't eat. I cannot poo. It's horrible. Like, I would just have gas. And I would be, you know, just sitting on the toilet like, I gotta poo, but I just can't get to that. I was so constipated that I... When I got home from the trip, I was like, oh, it's all coming out now. Fuck yeah, finally. Jesus Christ. So, the thing is, like, the lesson is that... You don't got to eat so much food on these trips. or And if you do eat a lot, um, pace it out and, and, and uh, block it out. Maybe don't eat breakfast, a big breakfast, and then eat a big lunch, and then an even bigger dinner. Like, just don't do that because you're going to be hungry. Yeah, I mean, after a while you get hungry. But is your digestive tract going to be caught up with that? Uh, I for me I don't think so because I was backed up for like a day at least <laughs> I'm good now but I was just like I it, it happens every time like when you go on a trip like this on a vacation you tend to eat a lot eat and drink a lot and not do much activities like running or walking or whatever I mean we went to the Universal Studios and walked a lot but it's not like it's gonna help me like digest all this food I mean I was just like oh jeez man all this food I gotta stop <laughs> we have to stop eating all this food that's just kind of like the thing with it, like with like with a with a good vacation though you always got to you know indulge and just let loose and have some fun that's what we did and it, it was a good time it was fun it it was it was cool the hotel was nice except for the damn service though i mean i, I got to tell you this the marriott spring hill and burbank it, it, it was it was just not a good experience hotel service wise. I mean, my father asked for towels and the room to be cleaned. We went to the day game on Sunday. We got back like around four p.m. and the the, the room wasn't even touched. N- n- nothing was cleaned because the, they do this thing like with COVID now. You gotta like request service. For it to get cleaned, so we did that the night before. Though we already said that, like we want to be, we're leaving by like eleven. We'll be back by like four. Can you clean the room? They said, yeah, we'll do that. Sure, no problem. And then we come back, and it's just an absolute, you know, just as as we left it. I was just like, what is going on here? How are we supposed to live? I feel filthy, filthy. I need new towels. I need another washcloth. I need more my new sheets. I want my bed made. Nothing, and then that wasn't even the, even the worst part. We got back. We and my dad is like 
ordering more towels. Hey, we didn't get them. Can you bring them up, please? Thank you. And then we, you know, waited an hour, 45 minutes, no towels. Calls them again. Yo, uh, I called for towels like maybe about 45 minutes ago. They're not here yet. Oh, yeah, sir, we'll get them up right, right now as soon as we can. Okay, cool. Another half an hour goes by. No towels. I'm like, Bretta, we got to shower. We got, we're going to go out to dinner. I got to go shower. I got to clean up. I'm filthy right here. Please. We need those towels. And then, you know, another 20 minutes goes by. And it's like, where are the, ta- are, are, are the towels at? They're not here. Called again. Hey, bring these towels up, please, or I'm going to go down there and get them. He didn't say that, but it was like he was that in that mode, like, okay, like, well, if there's no towels, I got to go in the hallway and scope it out and see if there's like a, like a, like a housekeeping card or whatever, and just take some towels because they're not even coming up. Surely enough, we get the towels and they're like hot. Like they were out of the, uh, the dryer or whatever. Like, just tell us that you're drying the towels. The more you say like, oh, they're coming up or they'll be right there. It's just like, and they're not even coming is like, well, now you're lying to me, which I don't like. Or my father likes. So it's like, just be honest with us, please. Hotel, employees, housekeeping, whatever you want to call it. Just be honest. Don't lie to us. <laughs> because we wanted to go to dinner. And it's like, we're going to be delaying our plans. Got to shower. And I know I sound like a big baby right now. I do. And I know it. I know it. <laughs> but it's like, when you're just waiting to shower, when you're sticky, when you smell... When the the goddamn f- for for a hotel that can pretty much like is notoriously I've known to be cool in the room the entire time that can get down to a pretty cool sixty eight degrees could not get past seventy three in this hotel with five people in it is just obscene I don't know what was wrong with it maybe the AC unit in the room was it was like a, like rattling so maybe it was just like not you know the best AC unit but it was kind of just like uh this this stay is kind of like the room service the they see the bed, you know, the service was just kind of mediocre. And I was just like, all right, well, it's time to go home. <laughs> I mean, we, we we had fun, but it was just like the room service, the hotel service, the whatever you want to call it, wasn't the best. <clears throat> I know if I sound like I'm complaining, I'm sorry, but it was just, ah, I expect a little bit better out of a Marriott Bonvoy, <laughs> you know, in Burbank, California. Just a little bit better. Um... Let's see, where, oh yeah, I mean, like, by the way, when I was at the game too, like the second game, I had some nachos, by the way, and I know that I've said this previously, I don't get nachos at ballparks or like the movies or whatever, but that was offered some like to share, like, do you want any? I was like, yeah, I'll take a couple, and I, I, you know, I had some, they were fine, whatever, but then immediately I had to go to the bathroom, and you already know what kind I had to go. I go to the bathroom, and I, I I exploded. It's like all the food that was backed up just, whoop, came out. And then I was just like, this bathroom is kind of, you know, it needs to be louder. Okay, I can hear people, but, like, there needs to be a fan in here or some, some type of air vent or whatever. Like, this has got to be, like, a mandatory thing in every bathroom in the United States of America because... Unlike in Europe or, you know, the Middle East or anywhere else, like, we don't, they don't eat as much shitty food or as high fatty food or as high, like, you know, spicy food as we do in the States. Like, where we could, like, turn a bathroom over 
after one meal. Americans can. So I'm, I'm, I want a preposition, a proposition that we can get every single bathroom, every public bathroom in the United States, a very, very loud, loud fan, not only for ventilation, but to, to help mask sound of you going number two. Because there is nothing worse than walking into a bathroom and literally like behind like this, this thin, this thin plastic door that doesn't even go all the way down that you can see the person's feet or their legs, even if it, if it's even that bad, that thin door, he is ab- he's, he's absolutely destroying that toilet. I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear him doing his business. I don't want to smell it either, but I would rather not hear it. I would rather much not hear it or them hear me. They should not be able to hear me. We got to be we gotta, we need to install a fan that is as loud as a Harrier jet because one of the bigger things of me being scared to go to the bathroom number 2 is that there's never a fan in there. There's got to be one, please. It's just it's only common knowledge. Whenever you go to the bathroom at your house, you turn on the fan because one it gets rid of the smell faster, but two, it's kind of loud, and it masks the sound of you doing your business. Please. It, it would benefit everybody, men, women, whatever. It would be beneficial for us because we eat the worst shit ever. We are not... All these processed foods at theme parks, ball games, restaurants, fast food, whatever... We have some of the most violent bathroom visits of all time. We have to. There is no way that you can tell me that a country like Italy, who eats like a bunch of cheese and bread and all that, wine, grapes, fruit, you know, you can tell by the people they're much more skinnier than we are. They obviously got to be eating better, or maybe just not as much. But they they can't possibly have as bad of... A diet, their diet has got to be better than ours has to be because we see it every day. The experience of the going to the bathroom number two is just not natural. And even in your own place, like you eat like McDonald's or something like that, and you got like some expl- or Taco Bell. My God, you get explosive diarrhea. Your stomach turns. You get like you know it's not going to be a pretty number two. So my proposition again. In the United States, you know, where we got the worst diets, the worst food, most people out of shape, overweight, whatever, we got to have bathrooms that are able to withstand the sound and the smell of what we consume. We are clearly behind in the research and the technology developed for public bathrooms and and in general, all bathrooms in this country. I don't want to ever walk into a bathroom again without a fan. The bathroom is needs a fan. It's mandatory. The bathroom fan has got to be mandatory. It's got to be. Because this is just too much. It, it it prevents me from wanting to use the restroom in a public place, and that could be a bad thing on my health. You know, I mean, like, you know, not going number two when you got to go. You got to go. You got to go. You just got to go. Make it easier for me to want to relieve my bowels or move them, whatever, whatever it's called. It's just got to be easier because it's not easy. And I would probably put like going to the public restroom for me is a bigger fear than sharks or like a, like, like heights. 
it, it, it can be actually terrifying. It really could be. I mean, it's got to be America's number one fear. It's got to be. Because I'm I'm just, I'm never comfortable with it. Also, the toilet paper at the stadium. Oh my God, it was, it was like half a ply. It was half a ply, and I was just, I, I was absolutely, you know, astonished by the thinness of the toilet paper. Astonished. Like, I couldn't believe it. I could see through it. My hand is 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 not, you know, it's not, it, it sh- I should not be able to see my hand through the toilet paper that good. And also, the device, the gizmo that you, they, they put there to hold the toilet paper and for you to roll it out or pull it out is obviously uh, just one of the worst devices ever created. You gotta, like, actually manually, like, turn the roll in the fucking plastic thing where those teeth are that they, you you put your hand in and you get cut up because that's where you their teeth are to to cut the toilet paper. It's absolutely insane. It 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 is ridiculous. And the toilet paper that again that doesn't have any like uh, what do they call like the little uh, like you know like where they form the squares where you can like kind of pull it at ease. The toilet paper that doesn't have any of that. That is just a big long toilet paper, one big long strip. Criminal. Criminal. Absolutely criminal. Like, you're not making it any easier for me to use the bathroom. It is a chore. It is a job. Not even a job. It is a a monumental task to use a bathroom in this country. It is absolutely too difficult. Not even comfortable. And just awkward. It really, really is. And you know what's also awkward? But you gotta do it anyway, because of sanitary reasons. Not even just in this time, but even before this time. Putting a thin, scratchy, uncomfortable paper on the toilet seat, toilet seat, and then sitting on it, has gotta be the most awkward and unnatural thing that we've ever done. I'm talking about like. More unnatural than I I don't even know. But it's so uncomfortable, so unnatural, so such a weird feeling that I actually feel dirtier when I sit on that than on the bear seat. I do. I don't know what it is, but it's like my 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 fluids, it's stickier. I feel slippery. At the same time, I feel like I'm just like, like 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 missing the toilet bowl. It feels so weird. It is one of the most weirdest feel. Like nobody I know, I think actually enjoys putting that scratchy thin paper on the toilet seat. I don't think anybody does because it's so awkward and just unnatural. Like there's sometimes I just want to like take it out flush it down, and then just sit on the bare seat, even though I know that's so disgusting. Bacteria, germs. It's such a bad situation. But again, it's like, what do I, what do I, what am I going to suffer? My hygiene or my comfort? I mean, you got to pick one. I mean, think about it. If you're already in a cramped stall and getting out the toilet paper is just an absolute chore, of a task, 
and then obviously the smell is bad. People can hear you dumping. There is no better way. There's got to be no better cure or to put you a little bit more at ease than to not poo with that shitty cover on the seat. It's. I mean, it's got to be. I mean, I haven't done it because I do fear the the germs on the seat because I've seen some pretty messed up seats. So you got to clean the seat before you even get... It's like mother of God. Public toilets in this country is just an unnecessary, uncomfortable mess. It just is. There's no other way to put it. It's just, it's, it's very bad. And <clears throat> it's something that needs to be resolved. It, it, it really does. Because there's no, nothing more important being in a public place and having a public bathroom. I mean, that is, a, that is above food. That is above a seat. That is above a, a spot in line. You can look at baseball games, football games, music festivals. You've got to have a bathroom everywhere. Porta potty, anything. You got to have one. It's mandatory. And I think that something that's mandatory like this has got to be held to a higher standard so that we could easily relieve ourselves and not be uncomfortable doing it. Because nobody nobody enjoys an uncomfortable relieve, uh, relieve session, bathroom visit, whatever. Nobody likes that. So I'm pleading to the country here. Let's not make a public bathroom or a public restroom, whatever, porta potty. Let's not make this such a big task. We gotta make it more pleasurable. We gotta make it more enjoyable, more comfortable. Please. I can't I can't tell you how many times I've I've had to plan my bathroom breaks just so I can avoid a public bathroom visit. I just many, 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 many times. I don't want to have to keep doing that anymore. It's gotta stop. We gotta move on from that. We gotta make bathrooms a better place. They need to be a better place. They should be. I think if everybody agrees, I think everybody can agree on that. Why don't we do it? It's very simple, my opinion. Very, very simple. Well, at this point of this recording of this episode, it is now the all-star break for the MLB, so I will be talking about what I haven't talked about in a while. Sports, obviously, but also the Dodgers. Yes, the Los Angeles Dodgers. My team, I'm going to give a little bit of a recap of where I think that, well, we're, where we're at right now and how we can improve, how we can be better at our, you know, playing baseball and everything that we've do, been doing, the organization, the players that we got, what are we going to be, like, how do we focus and how do we actually get back to where we were last season while winning the World Series? Now, if you're a fan like I am and you've been following baseball for a while, especially this year, you probably have heard that the big story about the National League West is that who's going to win it, the Dodgers or the Padres? Well, I didn't think that the San Francisco Giants would be in that consideration either, or a contender for the division. No way, no how did I think that. And I think every I've seen a lot of articles and a lot of polls and a lot of listings of what is the biggest standout to you this MLB season, this Major League Baseball season, and I got to agree with them. This definitely the San Francisco Giants, to me, have been the biggest surprise of the season because nobody knows. I don't even know who's like the the their players, 
like I know some of them, but the new ones, I'm like, who are these guys? Who's who's their manager? After Bruce Bochy, I'm like, okay, the last season that they had without him, they were kind of trash. How's it going to be without them? Are they going to adjust? Are they going to build a new team? Are they going to rebuild? What's going to happen? I mean, I'm looking at the standings right now. The San Francisco Giants have 57 wins and 32 losses. Now, we have 56 wins and 35 losses. San Diego has 53 wins and 40 losses. So it's pretty tight. I mean, it's going to be tight for a while, but it, it just... Seeing how good that the Giants are now, like they're hitting, pitching, uh, defensive play, emerging stars like Yastrzemski, Solano, uh, Posey is still there, Belt's still there, Crawford. I hate all those guys because they are on the uh, on the Giants, and I'm a Dodgers fan. So that's kind of I mean, obviously I have a bias because I am a Dodgers fan, but I got to give it to them. I got to give them credit. I got to say like, yo, nobody saw this coming. Like nobody did, and you proved everybody wrong. So I got I got to give you props and respect because I don't gotta like you, you know. Because you know, obviously, but I I do gotta give respect. I really do because last year, the year before that, you guys weren't very good, pretty mediocre, the bottom of the of the division, really, the league. So again, props to you guys, respect to you. You turned it around when nobody thought that you would. I mean, everybody says like the best work that you can do or improvement that you can do, is when nobody is watching. And you guys did that because, for me, I wasn't watching you were paying attention to you guys the past couple years. You obviously made, did a lot of work when I was when the world wasn't watching baseball. And I gotta give you props. I, I respect where respect is given, or do, whatever. <laughs> um, but again, I have a lot of friends that are Giants fans, and I despise their team, and I despise how they root for them, and I despise everything about it, but I got got to give you props. Great job. I still believe that we will win the division, but I do not expect it to be easy at all because I think that we, the Dodgers, are going to be a much better force in the second half of the season because we got, I mean, Bellinger's back. Justin Turner's hitting well. Um, we're going to get Seager back, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Um, actually, I'm not sure if he's season-ending. I don't know. But we have Gavin Lux, Mike Yastrzemski. We got a lot of good players, good young players that could carry us. I mean, again, Mookie Betts has not been playing his best. But still, like the past two games that I, I was there, he had home runs in both games. So I'm like, it's going to be there. He's going to eventually emerge. He's that type of player that you look and you see like, yeah, this guy's not happy about where he is, but he's going to get there. I, I can sense it. I feel it. I know it. It's going to happen. So we just got to give him some time, you know, re relieve some of that pressure. He didn't play in the All-Star game, which is a good thing because sometimes I feel like the All-Star game for players, players can be like either beneficial or it could hurt them, you know, in their progress through the season or their, you know, preparation, uh, just how they feel overall, because it's like an entire week off. Maybe some players need that, because you're playing baseball. Like, you've got games every single day. Sometimes you got double headers as well. So it's like you got to take the breaks off and take the to uh, take rest when you can, because it is a it is a, a mountain that you're climbing with the MLB season. It, it is absolutely a long, long season. I mean, it's 162 games, like, without any delays or postponements without it. I mean, it's just, it's, there's a lot to be done. 
through that season. So I respect his decision to not play in the All-Star game, to, to just, you know, get his mind right, get his body right, try to get some rest, some nutrition, some, you know, treatment, whatever he had to do. I, I just think that we can only be going up from this point. We can win some games, string in some uh, winning streaks to finish off strong. Hopefully that I think that we can beat the Giants to get the first place in the division and not let San Diego uh, creep back in because I feel like with San Diego, I think that they, for me, it, it just seems like when I watch them, they're kind of streaky. They'll win some games and then they'll lose some games. Same with us though too, but I feel like the right now the Giants though, the Giants, oh my God, they, they just win games. They put their head down and they, they just win. So it's so annoying to say that, but it's like, I got to be real with you guys. I mean, this is what's happening. This is just how it is. So, like, I'm optimistic. I feel like it's going to happen. I feel like Seager can come back and be be good again because his, his, his uh, World Series MVP season last year was just such a spark. And, like, it's been long overdue, and he's just such a good player. But I also, you know, I look at our team right now, and I'm like, these guys could beat anybody, I think, even without with all the injuries and without the... You know the you know you guys have probably already heard of the Trevor Bauer situation and how what that did to the team. Now I've heard things I've heard a lot of things about Trevor Bauer and his story. It's been covered to death. I am not going to talk about it here. You could find that anywhere else in another show, another podcast, whatever you listen to. You can find that. I'm sure you can find other people's takes on Trevor Bauer out there, but I will not be talking about that. Anyway, moving on. I do, however, though think that uh. Whoever wins the uh, NL West, potentially, um, could, you know, be bounced out, you know, early in the playoffs. I don't, I don't know what I, what it is, but I feel like this year is just kind of like those years where, like, a wild card team could make it, you know, pretty far. But I feel like also, like, you can never really doubt, like, bet against, like, the best team in the division. Which still, you know, even though the Giants are have the best record, I believe, I still think that it's possible that we can overtake it. And, you know, reassure that we are the defending champs. We still have the better team, if not the best team, in Major League Baseball. So, I don't know. I mean, it's tricky. Baseball's weird like that. It's very weird. I mean, last year we had 60 games uh, to get to the playoffs and then the World Series. People can call that a asterisk uh, season, whatever you want to call it, because... In baseball, what people don't know is that, that you can have so many ups and downs and highs and lows, peaks and valleys throughout the entire season. And one loss in MLB in baseball means really nothing. It does. It just doesn't mean as much as it matters like in football or even basketball where they, where they play uh, 82 games. Football, they play 17 now. So one loss could like fuck you up for the entire season or fuck up your positioning for the playoffs. So one loss, again, in baseball. Now, if you start losing series is... And see that that's where that counts for me because when you get to the playoffs or the postseason, you play series. You know, you'll play like a, a the best out of five, the best out of seven. So like being able to win a series, in my opinion, is a lot better than just winning game one or the next game or the next game. Yeah, I mean like because there's always that factor of like you have a lead, you know, you're comfortable and you just let off the gas a little bit, and that happens to more people people than than they think. I mean, you would be surprised of how, like, professional basketball, baseball players that will let off the gas because they have that cushion, that lead where, okay, they can score here, they can do all this, but we're fine. They can even win this game, we'll be fine. 
And then with the flip of a switch, they lose the series or they lose the game or whatever. I mean, just look at what happened to Atlanta when they played the Patriots in the Super Bowl. They had a 28-3 lead, and they blew it and lost. So anybody any 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 professional sport or any profession in general, like you you notice that you have a lead, you've got a cushion, you're comfortable, that's when you start to mess up. And when the errors start to pile up, and then when the 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 desperation sits in and nobody ever plays good or or does good in desperation because desperation is a weird thing. You could either thrive from it from it or you could absolutely crumble from it. But I feel like more people in sports can crumble because like there's just like that pressure you never want to be in that position with that pressure ever so when you get into it you don't really know how to handle it some people do some others don't but it's like it's a it's always a big gamble you just never want to be in that position because it's like being like you know down by like you know we got to come back here but you also got to worry about injuries minutes fouling it's like you're wor- there's so many like things not on your side it's almost like impossible to overcome so you just never want to be in that situation in the first place because first of all it's not comfortable it's not a uh, it's not ideal it's not fun um your backs are against the wall but but that's also when like you get like the better the most uh, cool sporting stories or whatever you want to call it when when a team can actually come back and fight through the adversity and just like, you know, will their team and themselves to winning a championship or winning a final or whatever, winning a series even. I mean, like, just imagine like, you know, back in the day when the when the Cavaliers were down by three to one to the Golden State Warriors and then they could have just floundered. They could have bottled it. They could have just like given up right then and there. They would have been like, okay, LeBron's not going to win that chip. But then they battled back and they battled back and they battled back. And then that's when LeBron won the first championship for Cleveland. And that was just like, it was such a great story of how the Warriors blew a 3-1 lead and the the impossible happened. I mean, it takes a lot for a team to come down from 3-1 to to win three straight when all the other team's got to do is win one single game. It's insane. But it's like, how do you even get to that position anyway? How does that other team just like say like, Oh, we'll just get him next time. We'll get, we'll get him next time. We'll, we'll we'll just do it in the next game. It's like, how does that mindset play out? How does that how does that even work? How does that even like how do you even get to that point? There's got to be some infrastructure in that team that just like you know is broken that they couldn't have done that 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 year, that year. So it's like it's crazy. I mean, like again, like baseball again, very different. You play a lot of sports. You might even like see like a a, a lineup that's completely different from the beginning, the opening day lineup to the last game of the season lineup. Everything can change. Everything can switch up. Everything can, you know, whatever can happen will happen in baseball. And it's just, you know, baseball's got that mentality of, like, the next man up. Whoever can pitch will pitch. We'll go trade for somebody. We'll go get them. Can he play this? Can he play? Oh, he's, he plays shortstop, but can he play second base? We need a second baseman. Oh, he plays first base. we got to get an actual third baseman. He's going to be moving a lot more, but can he play it? Sure, coach, I can play it. I'll do it for the team. So it's like, it, it all boils down to the, you know, who's capable and who can actually be, you know, put in that situation to thrive and to not be afraid to be uncomfortable and be put in that situation where it's like, well, it's not what I was, you know, what I get paid for. I'm a first baseman, 
but I got to play second or third, so I'm just going to do whatever I can for the team. And you always got to love that in a player. In a player where they're just like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to win for this team. It's got to it's got to put a smile on your face because it just knows that that person is knows that the team and then the 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 club, the franchise, the organization, whatever, that it's bigger than him, and that he actually cares. And that he's willing to do, you know, hustle or whatever he, you know, he'll play wherever, he'll do whatever, he'll bat wherever, he'll, he just wants to help win for the team. You just got to show respect for that because, I, I mean, I just have so much respect. I, I love seeing those players and I just want to keep seeing them. It's great. That's why I love sports. And that's why I love baseball because it's always the next man up. It's always the next man up. Somebody's injured, next man up. Let's keep going. We got to keep the train rolling. We might hit some bumps on the way there, but it's just we got to keep going. We we just can't afford to stumble anymore. You know, we got some we got some bandages covering up some wounds, some cuts or scrapes, whatever. We're banged up, is what they like to say. Our team is banged up. In that situation, at the end of the season, a lot of teams are banged up. You know, they got injuries, they got you know uh, contract disputes, they got situations that they don't want to be in. A nagging injury, uh, you know, being put on the disabled list. It's just a lot of stuff that's happening that, you know, you can't possibly finish a season, you know, at your strongest, if that makes any sense. You, you, there's no way you can. You can be pretty close to it, but you will never be, you might never be like at, at your full strength. At the play in the playoffs, postseason, at the championship, the final game, whatever it is, you just gotta be, you know, willing to play in that situation and try to win at all cost. And you know, baseball is one of the one of the more sports where that that comes out, and you can actually see like the players and the team, you know, actually like scraping the bottom of of a barrel just to make a dent in the playoffs or try to win. It's 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 incredible. And that's why I love baseball so much is because any of these teams can win it. Any of these teams can win the win the division, win the World Series, whatever, win a series, win, shock the world. It's all possible and it, when it happens it's just ah, oh, it's so nice to see. Moving on to basketball in the finals. <laughs> Well, I told you that I was expecting that the Bucks would win at least two games, if you listened to last week's episode, and maybe the weeks before that. I expected the Bucks to at least win two games, and I said that, and I was like, yeah, there's no way that the Milwaukee Bucks, who came back from the to the Brooklyn Nets and beat them in, you know, seven games, that they're not going to at least win one game against the Phoenix Suns. And I said that when they were, like, maybe down 1-0, 2-0, I can't remember. But now they've they've tied it up 2-2. Two two. You know, they just won two games in Milwaukee. They're going to go back to Phoenix, and they're going to play on Saturday. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not surprised about the results, the 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 standings, the the <clears throat> uh, the win count two to two. But what I am surprised about is how they've come back in that last game yesterday. I mean, that was just insane. Phoenix was pulling their punches; they were leading most of the game. And then whatever switched on for Phoenix or for uh, Milwaukee, it's got to be that Giannis attended a Kumbo uh, block. It just set them off, man. And they were just going, going, and going. Chris Middleton was just on fire with 40 points, and Giannis had 26. But it was just unbelievable to see how that turned. 
and just see that that they have that fight still, and they're they're not going to back down. They're not going to give up. They're not going to roll over. Phoenix is really good. I think that still, I still think Phoenix is the better team. But Milwaukee just showed that their passion and their will to just win that game that yesterday, last night. It was just amazing to watch, and it was just you you can never really count out a team with Giannis on their team, whether he stays in Milwaukee and goes to another team, whatever wins a championship, whatever, he's going to be that player that brings the absolute grit and grind and passion to that team because he just shows it every freaking game. And it is amazing to watch. It's contagious. It's absolutely contagious. You just want to keep watching it because he influences his his, his teammates, his his own game. He's He is not a big ball hog. He wants to be better for the team. I mean, Chris Middleton had 40 points. Yeah, those are like Giannis numbers. Like Giannis could have had that and they might have lost. I mean, who knows? Like, but they needed Chris Middleton to show up in these last two games, and he has. So that's a very good thing for the Bucks and the Bucks fans to see. Um, but I still think that the Phoenix Suns will win the finals. I just, I got a good feeling about it. They're going back to Phoenix. They're gonna play a couple games there and then go back to Milwaukee. So we'll see. I mean, like, it, it could go either any either team here now. I just feel like Phoenix is still better. But uh, Milwaukee's just on a good path right now. They're, they've been showing me the heart and the dedication and the and the work put into that team to get to that position to be tied 2-2. Two to two. I mean, it is just awesome to watch, man. If you're not watching these finals, man, it is entertaining as hell. Sure, they don't have the bigger, you know, bigger market teams, but it's still, oh my god, it's amazing to watch. Um, so that's, some, that's some NBA uh, uh, cleanup talk right now. Um, um, again, I still think that the Phoenix Suns will win, <laughs> but it won't surprise me if they. It, it will surprise me if the Milwaukee Bucks win the win the finals. But it's having seen the games, seeing how that team plays, it won't be as shocking as I thought it would be, because again, the Milwaukee Bucks are just playing out of their absolute minds right now, out of their minds. And it's just great to see. It, it it really is because whether you say it could be rigged or not, I enjoy it. I I enjoy it. It might be a blowout from here on out. Suns might win in six. The Bucks could possibly win in six. I just hope that it, if it goes to seven, I'm gonna be so happy because there's no better. Two words in sports, and you've heard this many, 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 many times. No two, no better two words in sports than Game 7. Game 7 in American sports, it is a treat. It is an absolute treat. And if it goes to that, I'm going to be happy. Either way, you can say it's rigged or whatever. I'm going to love it. I'm going to love it. But it does seem that the home court advantage is real here. So if Phoenix does... If this trend continues, Phoenix could win the whole thing because I believe <clears throat> that the next ge- the next games, let's see, what do we got here? The schedule for the finals. Okay, we got game one, which was in Phoenix. Game two was also in Phoenix. Game three and four was in Milwaukee. Um, where is it? Game five. Game five is going to be back in Milwaukee, and then it'll, it'll end in Phoenix, so... If the home court trend keeps on continuing, then we're going to have the Suns win in seven seven games. So 
I mean, we'll see about that. I, I don't think it will. But, um, again, I wouldn't be disappointed or mad or angry. I'd, I'd be happy. I would be very, very happy about that. Game 7, bring it on. Now, on Sunday, this past Sunday, which was the Euro 2020 final between Italy and England. Now, I didn't watch all of it because I was at the Dodger Day game, which began at 1 o'clock, or 1.10 actually, and the Euro final took place at 12 p.m., or noon, sorry. And um, I didn't think that it was going to go to penalty kicks, but it did. Italy and England were tied 1-1 to before the PKs, and then I thought that obviously... Um, I had to watch it at the stadium, right? I mean, Dodger, Dodger Stadium has great Wi-Fi, so that was not a problem. So I just had that, you know, down by my, between my legs, just, you know, peeking at it and, and checking it out from time to time. And But when it went to PKs, I was just like, okay, i got to be glued to this. i got to watch it every, every second of this because there's nothing better than a penalty shootout in soccer in a major inter, an international championship like the Euros or the World Cup, whatever, having England's pass of penalty kicks, losing to Germany, what have you, Italy just being so rock solid with them. Um, but it was it was a good game. Italy did beat them in penalty kicks, and England did suffer a pretty big loss, in my opinion. Um, now, everybody's debating on why these certain players took the penalty kicks. Now, the people that missed them for England were uh, three in a row that kind of lost the game. Jordan Pickford did kind of save them in the end a bit, but it just it wasn't good enough. They just didn't take good penalty kicks. That's all it was, just not good penalty kicks. And the reason why I think it was bad is because, now, as an American you know, fan, I don't see a really good benefit of putting a player on who's never hasn't barely played in the entire tournament, no long, not even just that one game, in Jaden Sancho, but but it's also in a final. I can get if he's good at penalties and all that, but he's not even like accustomed to the crowd, to the atmosphere around them. I mean, like he's on the bench, yes, but he's like, for some reason, I feel like I gotta be on the field a bit, have some camaraderie with my with my teammates, and pass the ball around a quick a bit, a little bit. I know that he's just gonna kick the ball into a penalty box. But into the goal, but still, I just feel like you gotta have a little bit of atmosphere, gotta give it, get your legs loose a bit, and just kind of get, you know, have a feel of the field, because it's not gonna be like an, any normal, like regular penalty shootout. It just isn't. You know, no matter how much you want to make it like that in your head, that pressure is immense. And like in that situation where Marcus Rashford, Jaden Sancho, Bakayo Saka all missed, I was just like. Those two, Jaden and, and Marcus, I just feel like, oh, well, I mean, like, they were just put on. Like, even though you were on the bench and you were watching the game, there's no way that they were, like, in the right mindset. Because, again, it was a final. It was the Euro final. Like, you can probably do it in, like, a regular season game, a Premier League game, whatever you do, like, you know, whatever. But, again, all that pressure is was just, it was so much for barely having any playing time in that entire tournament, too, by the way. So, like, I just felt like he, was, he the, the manager was like, oh, well, I haven't played these guys that much in the tournament. I better let them, you know, save us with penalties. And I get it. Those guys were, you know, I think that they're, like, the better penalty shooter, shooter uh, uh, players on the team, but it's still, it's like, 
what's the word? I think I don't know what he could have done to be make it better, but it just it was it fell flat on his face and it was a bad decision in my opinion. I I don't know, man. It was just it was heartbreaking for England. It really was because just the way that they kept missing one after another after another. Oh man, it was it's gut wrenching. It really is. It's really sad. And especially at the very end, but Kai Osaka is 19 years old. I don't give a fuck if he's talented. There is no way that that guy should be shooting a penalty shootout, a penalty shot, the one to send him into you know sudden death or to keep it going. That is just so much pressure for a kid. He's so young and he's so fresh, and it's just like again uh, the final, the final kick attempt. It was just like no, dude. You gotta have, like, somebody else, dude. He's already been on the field. I get that if you're, like, a better shot, but it's like, dude, I mean, I mean, somebody else, is, the other player's gotta step up as well. It's like, no, we gotta take the penalties. We gotta do it because we've been on the field. And, uh, what, and you're also a 19-year-old kid? It's like, Jesus Christ, man. I mean, he was so young. It's a lot of, it's a lot of, uh, not to expect from a 19-year-old kid. It's like, it's so much. It's like, wow, it just baffled me and blew my mind that that was actually decided. Um, Having said all that, congratulations to Italy. They won it fair and square. They were the better team, the best team in the whole tournament. Um, Their goalkeeper, uh, Gianluigi Durum, I don't even, I can't even pronounce his last name, but he just stood out this entire tournament. He was a defensive wall for that uh, Italy team. He was so he was so dominant. He has a good presence. He made a lot of crucial saves. He made the the final save, um, but it was it was it was almost like watching that Italian team. In the very opening game is like these guys could be a force or they could not be or they could be a fraud. They were clearly a force. They were the best team of the tournament and they won the tournament. Uh, no better de- team deserved it than Italy. Congratulations. Um, it was a fun month. It was a fun month of, of soccer, of international uh, soccer tournament back. It was great to see it. The country, the continent of Europe was just in joy of watching football, um, you know, uniting, gathering together. It was just nice to see because soccer might be the, the only sport, maybe the Olympics, but I mean, soccer might be the only sport where it could unite an entire country you know whether you disagree on politics or not, it 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 has that power, man. It just does, and it's so nice and fun to watch how the fans and the at Wembley were just losing their minds and just having a good time. In a year, in a previous year where we just had like the worst time, like like one of the worst times ever. So it was just like it was really fun to see that, and just can't wait for next year's World Cup. It's gonna be fun. Hopefully, another repeat of this fun month um, of drama ups and downs, I mean, from starting off from Christian Eriksen nearly uh, passing away, Tim, you know, being brought back to life, and finishing off with, I mean, Denmark made it to the semifinals, so that was also really cool to see, Um, so great tournament, awesome tournament, fun as always, I always love watching these, whether the game be at 6am or whatever, I just gotta make the time, you know, to watch these games, because Again, you don't get it every year. You get it every four or every two or whatever if you're if you're also counting the World Cup. So you don't get it so often. So just enjoy it, man. I enjoyed it. I hope everybody else didn't have a good time because I always look forward to these tournaments. It's so much fun. 
And I just can't wait for the next one. I really can't wait. <clears throat> but again, thank you again. I'm going to end the show there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I appreciate that so much. If you're doing so on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, make sure you rate and review on there. If you can, I would greatly appreciate that. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, hit that subscribe button, leave a comment, like a video if you want to, if you thought it was good. Thank you so much again there. Um, Again, you can find this podcast, uh, The Intelligent Moron with Alex Silva, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And I will see you guys next week.